Hello and welcome to Pan Society Radio, your home for modern animism. Thank you for joining us. I'm Laura Giles and I'm going to be answering questions that begin with do modern animists believe in blah blah blah. I get a lot of questions about this from Cora and Reddit so I thought I'd knock them all out in one blow. We actually love your questions and they give us ideas for content. They also help us to make videos or podcasts, so when someone in our online class asks the same question, we can just send over the video. So keep those questions coming. But before we get to that, let's acknowledge and thank the ancestors and elements. I acknowledge the element of earth and thank you for the early fall harvest that is coming right now, for all the herbs that we're making into medicines, for our bodies that get to enjoy the wonderful abundance. Thank you for the sunshine. I haven't seen so much of them lately, so every warm day is a blessing and a reminder that winter is on the way. I acknowledge the element of air and thank you for the breezes that keep the nights cool. Thank you for non-attachment and discernment. There's a lot of conflict in the world right now and air can be a way to participate in a healthy way. I acknowledge the element of fire and thank you for the forest fires that remind us to always partner fires, passion and destruction with responsibility. I acknowledge the element of water and thank you for helping us flow over the rough spots in life without grasping. I acknowledge our loving, helping ancestors who are always looking out for us whether we realize it or not. I thank you for your support, guidance, and love always. Please continue to reach out to us in words and symbols that we understand so that we can make use of your support. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in, sharing the podcast, asking your questions and commenting. If you like what you hear, please give us a high five with the review. We are a volunteer staffed organization, so if you want to donate, you can do that on our website at pansociety.net. And if you want to volunteer your time, drop me a line. We can put you to work. Thank you so much. I was told that people don't cross over platforms. If that's true, then you guys probably don't know what else we offer. If you go to our website at pansociety.net, we have a blog there with animist-themed articles so that you can tap into nature, yourself, learn about animist holy days and practices. So if you're a reader, pop on over to our blog. Our YouTube channel has the same type of uh, content in video form. We're also on TikTok at animistps, PS for Pan Society. And that's a little different. So I started out just messing around, you know, and musing sharing the beauty of nature from my morning walks. And now there's also tips on how to live in sync with nature and heal naturally. So if you have questions like what can I use to wash my hair um, or what can I use for, I don't know, diabetes, <laughs> send them over there. That's, that's where I answer those kinds of questions. Finally, we have our Facebook page and private group, and that's our hub. That's where we chat and post all of our events. We're always doing something like a healing circle, stitch and bitch, movie night, or bonfire. We got so much stuff coming up right now. It's kind of like a membership uh, revival uh, or or like a, I don't know, rekindle your excitement thing going on. Um, so now is a really good time to check out the Facebook page and see what we got going on if you haven't been over there. And we also have our online school, of course, where you can learn about how to bring animus practices into your day-to-day -day life. So it's not about rituals or that type of thing, although that's there too. Your ministry happens every moment of your day, so the class teaches you how to be mindful and present in your every moment awareness and love your existence as you connect to the cosmos. Cool, right? 
So those are all the ways that you can connect with Pan Society. Okay, back to our topic at hand. If you are short on time and want the Reader's Digest version of the answer to any question that begins, do animists believe in blah, 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 I'll tell you right now that the answer is possibly. There's so many flavors of modern animism as there are people. So there aren't going to be many things that we all practice or believe. We're all shaped by culture, the times, our families, gender, and so many other things. Since we don't have a rule book that gives us all the freedom to believe what works for us and to live based upon our own experiences. And since we're always growing, it's not even a bad thing, in my opinion, to embrace some beliefs that are not logical, not plausible, not effective, or even not good. So everything depends on perspective. And if a silly or illogical belief creates a link to a different, more connected and healthy belief, it's just part of the chain of events. So please don't judge anyone's journey or beliefs or your own. Uh, we all believe things that we later look back on and say, what was I thinking? <laughs> and hopefully we're all moving in a wiser direction. So is that it? Is podcast over? <laughs> no. Uh, what I'm going to do now is talk about the most common questions that I get and explain why I see it the way I see it or why many people hold a specific belief. You see, animists have a culture too, and when you come from the mainstream culture, or any culture really, we all see that new things uh, through our old eyes, so we can make mistakes in interpreting what we see. For instance, someone recently got up in arms with me because I said that in the past, some cultures practiced human sacrifice uh, as a sacred event. It was an honor to be the sacrifice. He made his argument about how barbaric that was and that there's no way that this could ever be true. And that is almost certainly universally true today, but we have different values and a different way of seeing life. So if you lived in a world where nature was the only real law and you see life renewing itself over and over, only to give way to death, and from that death life rose again, you might think that to keep that cycle going you had to pay for life with life. Add to that the whole idea of sacrifice, which means to make sacred, and you can see how some cultures would view the virgin sacrifice as the highest honor, both to the God who is receiving it and to the virgin who is giving up her life for the life of the village or the tribe. So what that could look like today is all the ways that we engage in sacrifice. We give up something dear to make space for something else. So having children is a sacrifice. We give up being single and the ability to be spontaneous and selfish or uh, self-loving um, maybe, self-involved, self-centered. And I don't mean that in a negative way, just, you know, I'm the center of my life so that life can renew itself. We might give up pursuing the work that we want so that we can reliably feed, clothe, and house our family. Lots of sacrifices come when we live in families and communities. We just can't do whatever we want all the time because there are other people with other needs to consider, which is really the whole experience of living in connection with everyone else. That's the balance of sovereignty and connection. You are important. You are the center of everything. And you live in connection with everything else. So you've got to temper those things. Okay, so what do animists believe? Do animists believe in reincarnation? I don't think there's a hard and fast rule on this one. I don't even think it leans in any particular direction that I can tell. I think most of us believe in something after this, an other world, 
but believing in the soul returning again and again is not necessarily a part of animism. At its core, animism is the belief that we're all sacred, alive, and connected. That's it. So anything else is stuff that we've added, our, our own interpretations of stuff. So every culture that I know has a different slant on what happens after we die. So I guess you'll just have to figure out what makes sense for you on that one. I believe in reincarnation because I've been a past life therapist for over 20 years. I have experienced what it's like to see myself as someone else and have those yearnings and feelings of someone else. I've seen the way that an energy that you carry in one lifetime can follow you into another, like love. How many people believe that they um, love their partner before they ever met them? Like they were just waiting for them to show up. And that's an example of a past life holdover. It could just as easily be jealousy or contempt, but I like love better. So um, this is one of those, it's up to you. What do you experience kind of things? At the end of it, it's always going to be, animism is always going to be a, a spiritual path of your own experience. So trust your experience and not to say that every experience, uh, the interpretation of every experience is a true one, but until you get other details, just, you know, go with that. Trust yourself. Okay. Do animists believe in gods? It's a religion. Shouldn't there be a God? Well, this is one of those things. There's lots of stuff on this on YouTube. We've talked about it before. There's a, at least one article on this and Animism, you can be polytheistic, pantheistic, monotheistic, agnostic, atheist, it doesn't really matter. Because either way, whether there's a God, many gods, no God, it still works. It's still sovereignty, connection, and oneness. It's still a connected experience. It's still very nature-based. Yeah, it doesn't really matter if you believe in God or not. If you do, cool. If you believe in a pantheon, however you do it, it's all good. So the flip side of that kind of is do animists believe in a devil or demons? So if gods are, well not all gods are good gods, some of them, the old gods particularly are multifaceted, but the Christian god is certainly the good guy. So there, if there's a good guy, there has to be a bad guy, right? Um, it's the same. So some people do believe in that and some people don't. If that is something that you have experienced and you want to name it that, if it makes sense for communication, that's really what I use those words for. Um, it's not, though, something to battle. So if the devil is a personification of evil and the demons are his minions, um, well, I'm not going to say don't battle it. Uh, that, that's totally up to you. But it's not something that we set out to do like the Christians do. Like we're going to stamp out the darkness because we live in a complementary dualistic system. So light exists because of dark. So there's really no way to stamp out the dark. As long as there's light, there's going to be dark. And if you look at it from a um, Chinese medicine perspective or a um, Taoist perspective, then yin and yang always exist in everything. There's no such thing as a totally yin thing or a totally yang, which is masculine and feminine thing and when yin becomes mm, extreme let's say then it turns into yang when yang becomes extreme it turns into yin so it's like a pendulum always switching back and forth and the more extreme they get on one end the more extreme it's going to be on the other end because of that force uh, so what i would suggest is to 
kind of stay in the middle. And then you have less mood swings. It's still going to be light and dark, but the, the amount of swing you have is going to be less. So. Uh, is there a mandate to convert people? So do animists believe in proselytizing, I guess would be the question. And we do not. So I think the good way to look at this is just no judgment. Because if if we believe in oneness, and we do, sovereignty, connection, and oneness, then there's no separation, no superiority, no pedestals. It means that I'm not right and you're wrong. It means that I'm not better than you. It doesn't mean that I know more than you. It just means that we're all in a different place. Maybe we're all looking at the same thing from a different perspective, like the three men and the elephant, you know, and we, each one has a different piece, and they think, well, it looks like a tail. No, it looks like a trunk. No, it looks like a, I can't remember what the other one was holding. But they're very, very different descriptions of the same thing. So I don't think it's, we definitely don't have a mandate to convert people, and I don't necessarily think that it is wise to convert people. If somebody wants to know about it, you can definitely share your experience of it. And I think that's a beautiful thing because it's a way of creating connection, not necessarily to convert people, but just to share who you are and what you love and why you love it. And I would listen to someone else who has different views because it will help you to know them better. doesn't mean you're going to change your mind, um, but it might make you understand each other better. And I think anytime we sit down and talk to people about different things, this is why we have talking circles, that you see the world through different eyes and it just enriches your own experience. So I think talking about faith and paranormal experiences, spirituality, anything that's really close to your heart like that is going to be really, really important, both for you as the speaker and um as a listener, because it is such a connecting thing to talk about things close to our heart. So, do animists believe in hell? Um, no. <laughs> well, see, again, you know, there's never an absolute. Um, if you look at a lot of the animist culture's mythology about afterlife, there are places that look hellish. And I think even one of them has a place called hell, although it's not depicted as the Christian hell um, at all. Um, we do have an other world. We do, some of us call it a lower world, or, or that is a place where people go. But usually it's not like a place of punishment for bad people. And that's why I'm saying no. Um, it's not, it's that whole judgment and punishment thing doesn't come into play. Even in cultures where there is a separation of did you live well, um, is your soul resolved, meaning did you did you clean up everything, clean up your business energetically before you left. And you do that because you never know when you're going to die, right? You're not always living like, oh, today's the last day, let me clean up my stuff at the end of the day. There's funeral practices that your family does for you to help to make sure that that happens. Um, so when you die unresolved, when you die kind of a wreck, in some cultures there's a place where you go, but it's not a hell, it's more like a holding pen where you stay until you are, it's like a timeout for toddlers. Johnny, when you can behave, you can come out of the court, corner. It's kind of like that. It's not like a permanent place, a fiery pit where you're just going to be punished for your badness. 
not like that at all. <laughs> because think about it again. We have um, complementary duality and light and dark need to coexist. So what would be the point of a hell? You're not going to stamp it out by putting you in a timeout. It's still going to be there. So kind of doesn't make sense. Um, but uh, certainly lots of people have had past life or life in between. What do you call that? Near-death experiences where they have visited a hellish place. So again, this is going to go back to your personal experience and trust yourself. you got to make sense of your experiences. What do you guys see, hear, taste, touch, smell, as well as what you read, what you hear, and just kind of everybody creates their own reality in a way. So, um, Do animists believe in mythological creatures? I would say yes, most. I mean, look at the mythology. It's full of them, right? You got Bigfoot, the Chupacabra, the Nuklave, the all, all different kinds of different creatures. Some of them are magical, like unicorns. Some of them are nasty, like the manticore. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. Maybe they are parallel universe things. Um, I've heard somebody say that the Bigfoot isn't a physical creature. It's a parallel universe thing that pops in and out, but it's not really physical. But sometimes it manifests as physical. Sounds as plausible as anything else to me. I don't know. I've never seen one. Um, but yeah, I think here's here's why I think they're useful because they do exist in our mythology and they have properties like the archetypes and energies and they everything has a purpose and these things are have come into being because they have a purpose. So if it's about igniting the imagination or it's about anything. You know, who doesn't love a good story? And, and stories teach. So I love mythology. There's just a lot of magic in it for me. And it's kind of like a Santa Claus thing for me. And that from a young age, I, I caught on, uh, you know, there's, I'm pretty much a rational person, even when I was a little kid, skeptic, you know. And um, just, it just didn't add up. <laughs> How does a dude fly around the world? overnight with all those presents and hit every single house when they don't all have chimneys. It's the same thing you're without a Santa Claus stuff, you know, all those questions. <laughs> and so I caught on really early that Santa is a spirit and it's a spirit of this. And that's kind of how I look at most mythology, although I'm not going to tell you because I'm a little bit embarrassed, but there are some mythological creatures that I do believe in because I just have more of a uh, experience with that. So, <laughs> um, do animists have holy days like Sunday? We do, but it's not Sunday and it's not Friday. Um, <laughs> we have eight holy days and um, there's lots and lots and lots about that on the blog, YouTube, and we even have podcasts about them. So the, the four major ones are the two solstices and the two equinoxes and then in the space in between. There are four more. And the other ones are uh, feast days, harvest days, to mark the season of the sun. So if you celebrate uh, or acknowledge the moon with a moon circle, that would be how you do that. The lunar and the eight holy days are solar. There's a ton more I could say about that. But I think the whole reason for this question is like, do you set aside a time during the week to 
sit down and pray or have a ritual of some sort. Animism is different because I it's more like an everyday thing. Every moment is sacred. And you don't have to set aside a specific time to do it because you're always in it. Um, hopefully your life is a prayer. It is an act of love all the time, every day. So it's not like, you know, the one day you rest. You rest at night when the sun goes down and you wake up. And every day is holy. Every day is sacred. When you wash your hands, that's sacred. What am I doing? I'm purifying. When you make love, it's sacred. What am I doing? Well, I'm sharing myself with someone else. Maybe I'm creating life. I'm being in sacred space. When you're taking a shower. I mean, like everyday stuff, you know, all of it is sacred. So you don't need to. I mean, you could. So like, let's say that, you know, I wake up and first thing in the morning for the first 20 minutes is my meditation time. That could be your spiritual time, like your Sunday. But it happens every day for 20 minutes. So I'm not saying that you can't set aside a specific time to just be in that energy. But it, animism is an everyday practice. So I think that's the real big difference between animism. Because if you look at our, our the stuff that we post, it's not like we don't have any scripture to reference. So we're not quoting scripture. We're not telling ancient stories, although we can certainly borrow from animist cultures to do that. It's modern animism and modern life and how do we work it with what we've got today, every day. Anyway, <laughs> if, you, if you're doing what I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying. And if you're not, I, I don't know how else to explain it. So, uh, But maybe this helps. So the next one is, do animists believe in sin? And the answer is no. Again, see, everything comes back to basic, basic, basics. If you follow the basics, then you're going to have these answers. Complementary duality. It's a core belief. And if light needs dark, then there can't be sin because they're both necessary. Now, does this mean that, that you can't hurt people? Does this mean that there's no badness? Of course not. Yeah, there's had lots of hurting going on in the world. Lots of it is intentional and it's not desirable. But everything is sacred everything is sacred so if you look at it that way then everything that happens to you is a gift every op everything's an opportunity and it's like how can this make me more whole and I'm going to do a YouTube video on that because I think that deserves some discussion but um, it keeps you in a space of being non-judgmental if you don't look at it as a sin it keeps you in a place of radical responsibility if you take responsibility for everything that happens to you. It also, that's fire energy because it keeps you in your power. The minute I say you did this to me, I'm going to be broken. I've made a choice. So I've given up my power and I've chosen to be broken over it. Not to say that it doesn't hurt. But once that hurt is done, then we move on. And we do the next thing. We learn from it and we grow from it and we don't let it uh, define us. We don't let it stop us. We don't let it, it, we just let it make us wiser. And in that way, we use it for something positive. 
Maybe we teach somebody else about it. Maybe we tell our story. There's all different kinds of ways that we could use everything that happens to us in a positive way. So, yeah, I, I think forgiveness is one of the most powerful um, forces in the world. If there's no judgment, then there's no need for forgiveness. But if there is hurt and, and you know, who doesn't feel bad when somebody does something to us? It's easy to just be like, get out of my life. But the moment you give them that forgiveness, then everything is clean again. So, um, the next one is, do animus have judgment karma or some type of balancing procedures for the deeds done in life? So this is kind of what I was talking about before. When a person dies, we have an accounting, don't we? You know, how was it? Did I, did I leave a mess? Did I hurt a lot of people? What do I need to do about that? So this really is for you. You cannot make somebody clean. You cannot make them happy, healthy. You cannot, you don't have any control over how they handle what, what you've done to people. And lots of times we don't even know how what we do lands. So it's kind of foolish to even try to take that on. But you can think about what you've done and what does that mean for you. So that's what those death rituals I'm talking about are for. That's what your your family does for you. Lots of cultures pay people to be mourners. They pay people to do their death rituals because they want to make sure that it's done well. Because your afterlife depends on how clean you are. So these are really, really important things if you believe in that. So when you die in that way, then you relieve yourself of the burden of picking that up when you come back. You relieve your descendants of carrying that energy with them. So the cleansing allows you to just be clean. It's a purification. And I suggest that people do this regularly. So we have a annual ritual. It's called the seer. It happens on the Feast of Transformation. That is for this purpose. Um, there are 13 moons a year. You can do it every moon if you want to. But my opinion is that that purification ritual should happen often so that you are always aware of what you need to let go of. There's too many people. I, you know, I work as a trauma therapist. I work as a spiritual advisor. This is what I do all day long is help people to to put down the burdens that they carry. They it, It's purification work, pure and simple. And it's amazing the stuff that we carry and it's like we're little magnets walking around the world so all of it's not intentional all of it's not like oh I'm gonna get this guy you know let me stick something on him because I scowled at you or cut you off it's it's not even the stuff that we're it is intentionally negative we pick up all kinds of stuff and we make meanings out of all kinds of stuff, sometimes because of culture, sometimes it's because of just we're sensitive or we're little and we don't know any better yet. Your little mind, if your little mind says, oh, mommy hates me because she has to go to work, that makes sense to you when you're three years old. Guess what? That's your reality. Even when you're 23 or 53, because that little three-year-old inside of you doesn't grow up, that it, you know, it's don't ask me how it happens I all I can say is that it happens and if you're not healing that stuff well you'll know because you're carrying it and it'll show up in your life as you know uh, obsessions fears those kinds of things anxiety so 
purification needs to happen, y'all. Um, next one is, do animists believe in karma? And karma is a term that comes from Hinduism and maybe Buddhism too. I'm not sure. Um, and this is a case of mixing and matching spirituality, in my opinion. So these things happen as systems. I think they work best in systems. And when you pluck one thing out and put it into another, it doesn't really work so well. Um, I get it. It's an easy thing to talk about because most people understand the term karma. Um, yeah, it doesn't really work for animism. Uh, I think it's kind of similar to if you die unresolved, then you bring yourself back. But karma to me implies, and you, if you're a Hindu or a Buddhist and you want to speak to this and have something else to say, about, please do in the comments. But to me, when I hear the word karma, it sounds like uh, punishment. And that it's not a punishment. It's just, it is what it is. If I am carrying a 10 pound bag and I don't put it down but I'm carrying a 10 pound bag in the next life too it's just like that it's it's black and white yes or no it's are you carrying it or are you not carrying it it's not like you're gonna carry this because you did that it's not that at all and um, in my experience as a past life regressionist it's a choice so you can decide you know, let's say, man, I had like three rough lifetimes. I need to be on easy street next time. You can do that. You can certainly do that. It's a choice. If if you're coming into this life and you're just like, okay, think of it as an actor. You know, which part would you rather play, the background player or the lead? Obviously, if you're in the background, there's not a lot to do. Not a lot depends on you. If you're the lead, you're going to have a harder time, more stuff to do. But maybe you want that. You know, or if you are, uh, what's the, have you seen the movie I Am Sam? There's a, I think he's an intellectually, intellectually challenged individual with the lead part with Sean Penn. Um, if you decide to take on that role, that's the more exciting role, isn't it? It's challenging. It's that, as an actor, that's probably the role that's going to get you an Oscar or Born on the Fourth of July or Lieutenant Dan in, in uh, Forrest Gump because it's a juicier part, right? So sometimes people choose what they got because it's a juicier part. And then you get here and you're like, oh, shoot, why did I do that? Man, this is miserable. I hate this. This is so challenging. Da, 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 da. So it's about the story that you give yourself. It's not about did you get a good life, did you get a bad life. So you chose it. <laughs> Play it well. Um, that's my opinion. Next question is, do animists believe in polygamy or having many spouses? Um, some do. My experience of animism growing up is that the whole sexual thing is not as important as it is to Christians or in the West. We get so hung up about sex in America. It's really not all that. Not to say that it's not important. It's super important when you're having kids. Um, you want to know who your parents are. You want to make sure your parents take care of you and, and making families because you only have one mom. You only have one dad. But as far as lovers, that's a really different thing. So the way that I was taught, and I don't really know how this works in other cultures, is that sex is sacred. And the relationship between you and your partner is sacred and you treat it as such. And whether you stay together or not, 
um, if you make children, then that family is sacred and you both take care of your children. And because of the bond that you have through your children, you take care of your relationship with each other. Now, obviously, this only works if both of you believe in the same thing and you're both playing on the same team because if somebody's hostile and attacking you, it's not easy to do. So I'm not judging anybody's situation if that's not what's going on with you. Um, yeah, it takes two to tango and, and both people need to be on the same page. So the next one is, do animists believe in male domination or patriarchy? Uh, and no. <laughs> there are lots of um, cultures that are matriarchal. Um, but I think because of this whole balance of the yin and yang thing, uh, and both are necessary, that the overriding view of male or female domination and matriarchy, patriarchy, is that men and women are equal but different. So men have more testosterone, they're bigger, they're stronger, so they do things that are easier for men to do. Women bear children, and children require a lot of care. So, you know, it's it's like what's natural, what works for nature, given the parameters of what this person is bringing into the family life. So it's not, it definitely equals, it's kind of like a... Uh, Viking thing where everybody or a Native American thing where everybody has equal value, but we don't have equal gifts. We don't have equal traits. So everybody just plays to their strength. And then, you know, that, that works out on an individual level and a tribal level too. But definitely not antagonistic as, you know, I'm stronger than you. I'm bigger than you. I get to tell you what to do. Not like that at all. Not, not even among father and, or mother and child. It's way more respectful and equal in my experience. So another one is, do animists believe in the law of attraction? Love that question. So law of attraction comes from one of the universal truths that, uh, Basically, what you what you believe is what you manifest. If that's what we're talking about, then I think that we can say that as an animist belief. If we're talking about law of attraction as I want a million dollars, therefore, if I believe in it hard enough, then I'll get a million dollars. Then I don't. That is not really an animist belief, and here's why. Because for me, I have a great deal of trust in nature. Nature's cyclical, it does what it does. And it's like each person is moving within their own sphere, their own lifetime. Hopefully, if you're living, you're moving. Um, change is part of that. And the wheel itself, so life itself, is moving as well. So we've got all these little wheels moving. So each, each one of us is one of those. And so we have wheels and wheels that are all moving. And each one of these is, is piloted by a divine being. And we're all co-creating together. So it's not necessarily... I have power within my little bubble. So do you. But it's not necessarily... I can't necessarily make um, peace in the Middle East. Because there's a whole lot of people with a whole lot of power manifesting a whole lot of things. So if together we were all manifesting peace, would it happen instantaneously? But the things that we think we believe are not necessarily what we do believe. So if there's any uh, obstruction, if it's not easy, then there's a part of you in your unconscious that doesn't believe that. And these are the kind of things that I'm talking about when we do um, 
ancestral clearings that we can just easily just wipe that out. Easy, easy, easy peasy. Just wherever you see obstructions, there's a negative belief holding that in place. So can we manifest whatever we want? Yes. Do I need to... So if I look at myself and I'm like, uh, what is wrong with uh, my income? Why can't I double my income? I should be able to double my income. Maybe that is not an issue. It could be an issue of income, but maybe that's something else. Maybe that is... Um, Maybe that is, I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, and that's not the thing that I should be focusing on. Because it doesn't really matter. Because some people equate income with worth. And so a lot, what a lot of people do is that they chase money. Oh, if I have this car, if I have this house, if I have this spouse, then everything will be beautiful and my life will be fantastic. And then you get it and it's not. So that's really, I guess, um, what I'm saying. No, it's not a law of attraction thing. Everything is a perfect reflection of where you are. And if you do this moment well, the next one will be well, and the next one will be well, and the next one will be well, and you will always be where you're meant to be. But if you chase stuff because you think that you need it, you think that you have to have it, you think you have to hit that uh, goal or knock off that bucket list thing that's not an animist belief because nature is just what it is and everything's perfect and if you trust the system you'll be perfect too so all right next one is do animists believe in witchcraft we get some people every now and then who come from witchcraft um, and so some animists practice witchcraft most of us I don't think we do um, which is not to say that we don't engage in rituals and don't make magic happen. But there, when New Age gets a, and, and, and pop culture gets a hold of some things, some crazy distortions happen. So I don't even know how to answer this question because I think the word witchcraft here now means a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people. But um, so do we believe in it as uh, does it exist? I think most of us do. It's energy. That's all. Um, I think most people will use energy to enhance their chances of things happening for little things, you know. Uh, it's a form of, of law of attraction, I suppose. But do most of us practice witchcraft like in Wicca? I don't, I don't think so. You, if you're out here and you're doing that, again, comments because these are conversations that I like to know. You know, maybe you are and I'm just not clued into it. On that note, do animists believe in shamanism? So I probably I know I've said this before, certainly on the blog and in YouTube, but in case you're new here. So shamanism is a term that belongs to the people of Russia. It is specific to their culture, that the things that they do, the way that they dress, the songs that they sing, the musical instruments that they use, the procedures that they do, all belong to them. They're the only shamans, shamans. Everybody else does something else. It's a tradition that is called something else. And here's why I'm particular about this. Because my people have, uh, I call them spirit walker practices that are not anything like what um, the event people, uh, the Tongas people do. 
and to lump them all together, lump them, Native Americans, Peruvians, the um, Sami, all together like we're all doing the same thing, I think it's disrespectful. It's like erasing people from their own culture. So I don't use that word, shamanism, but spirit walking exists in most or maybe all animist cultures. So animism is the root of spirit walking meaning to go into the spirit realm to affect change and if you don't have that then I don't know how your shamanistic practice works it's like wishful thinking I, I if you don't have a connection to the gods the land the I don't know why they would serve you so to me it is very cultural it is very lifestyle it's um, something that chooses you you just can't be like oh I think I'll be a shaman today and then take a weekend class and boom you're a shaman that's my opinion that's my experience again you might have had something different so it's all good <laughs> okay uh, do animus believe in curses I think if you are an indigenous animus you do because you just see it <laughs> and you know people who can do it and you know who people can who can uh, reverse it you see all kinds of superstitions around you about how to avoid them all of that so yeah I think that's a pretty universal uh, belief among animists and, and non-animists too you got the orthodox Greeks with their evil eye thing lots of people in Turkey have the evil eye so you don't have to be an animist to believe in curses but lots of people do okay do animists believe in extraterrestrials so guess what guys in case you haven't heard um, the U.S. and other governments have come out and said that ETs exist. So I think if you're not on that that um, train, <laughs> you missed the memo. <laughs> and as far as animists believe in ETs, I don't know that we're any different than other people as far as that goes. But lots of animist cultures have ET origin stories. You know, our people came from the stars, that kind of thing. So I think there's probably more uh, believers than non-believers in that. Do animists believe in spirit animals? So not all, but definitely some. Um, lots of cultures have that embedded in, and um, definitely it's a part of it. So, and why not? I mean, if everything has a spirit, then animals have a spirit. And just like animals can have relationships with humans in the physical world, why not in the spirit world? So to me, it just makes sense. Why not? I mean, you can you can have a relationship with any kind of spirit, a uh, oak spirit, or a mold spirit, or I don't know, cloud spirits. So why not spirit animals? And on that note too, do animals believe in spirit guides or helpers? I think probably more than the average person, because I think we they're just there. You know, when you do your your birth blessing your spirit guide is there with you so it's something that's a part of your life your whole life and and it's just something that you experience and you are around other people who experience it so it's not weird at all um the next one is do animists believe in the ascension and I had to look this up because I wasn't a hundred percent sure what this meant. So Catholics believe that Jesus rose from the dead, hung out with the disciples, and then returned to God. So 
uh, in new age terminology, it seems that it means that you're walking a conscious life so that you awaken to the truth that you're divine. Um, I don't, that's not really an animus belief. Because you're all, it, if we're one, then we're one. Where's there to ascend to? Could you be more aware and awake? Yes, absolutely. And I hope that we're all being conscious and that's happening too. It's a beautiful thing when that happens. I love when it happens. It's just, oh my God, I, I see the light. Ah! You know, <laughs> I love when that happens. It happens all the time. Um, so are we always moving from uh, less awareness to more awareness or different awareness? Yes. Does it mean that we're moving up and becoming more divine? I would say no, you're already that. Um, do animists believe in souls? I yes. If so here's how I, I navigate this. Everything's energy. We know everything's energy. That's been proven by quantum physics. And if if what we're talking about is that the essence of a human is that energy, then I'll call that a soul. So the intelligent piece of that, the consciousness, the awareness, um, that lives on. And we know that because people die and come back. They're dead for 20 minutes and they still had consciousness. Um, so if that can happen in a person, is it far-fetched that it can happen in a plant or anything? Everything's energy. I'm not going to debate that. I'm just going to, you know, everybody has their, their own beliefs on that. But I'm just going to answer the question and say yes. Um, so do animals have souls? Again, yes. If everything's energy, then everything... I mean, that's pretty much the basis of animism, is that everything is alive. And that energy is conscious. So yes, animals have souls, humans have souls, everybody has a soul. Do animists believe that homosexuality is wrong? So I would say yes, because that's othering, and that's not oneness. Um, we don't judge. Are there things that are harmful? Hurtful? Yes. And I don't think this is one of them. So love, ha, loving who you love can't be wrong, right? Okay. Do animists believe in astral travel? So now we're getting into the sort of paranormal stuff. And, and with this, I would say trust your own experiences, your dreams, prophecies. It's direct access. You, there's nothing standing in between you and the divine. If, if this is how you're experiencing your life through astral travel, it then yeah, lots of people do it. Lots of people talk about it. tons of books written on it. So it is definitely lots of people's realities. Do animists believe in twin flames and soulmates? Maybe. Um, I don't think not in the way that the pop culture does. Like there's one person in the world for me and that's the only one. I think it's more like, uh, well, my experience tells me that it's it's just people that can help us a move to a higher level of consciousness. So if I need to be taught something about stubbornness and you're somebody who can teach me that, then we can contract to meet up together to have that experience together. I think there's lots of efficiency in nature and I think it's just kind of mathematical and efficient. Sounds like it's all so romantic, but I think it's actually just practical. Yeah. So do animus pray? Some do. Some don't. Some call it meditation. Um, to me, meditation is just tuning in and seeing if there is a message. And praying is picking up the phone and getting an answer on the other side. So getting, maybe not an answer, but a connection. So 
Meditation is listening. Praying is speaking. So they're the yin and the yang. And I think we do both. Did the animists believe in fate? So there was a video I posted not too long ago on YouTube about what's your relationship to the present. And there's a researcher called, I think it's called Bill Zimbardo. His last name is Zimbardo for sure. And he talks about present fatalistic time, which is the belief in fate, really. So if if you believe in fate and you don't believe in your own power to make anything happen, you're going to have kind of a miserable life because you're you're not going to feel like anything that you do matters. So why bother? Um, unless you're just super positive and have have the belief that God is good and God does all good things for me, which I haven't really seen a whole bunch of people like that. Um, in that case, you're just going to be like, wow, I'm so super blessed and fate is good. <laughs> Most people who believe in fate don't think that way, though. So do animists believe in fate? Yeah, some do. Um, yeah, some do. I think that that can be changed. If that's how you think, then that can definitely be changed. It's not a animist belief, per se. And if you look at these things, I think, you know, none of them are strictly animist beliefs. For everything that I said yes to, you can find an exception. So basically, you're just going to have to wake up, be mindful, pay attention, and what is your experience, and decide for yourself what it is that you believe. You're going to find people who do believe it and people who don't believe it. And I think that is one of the most beautiful things about animism, really, is that personal freedom. So that's our show this week. Everything we do is about connection, self-discovery, and community, and taking that awareness with us everywhere you go and in everything you do. If you want to continue your journey with Pam Society, check us out on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and our blog. And thank you all for being here with us today. See you next week. Ciao.